Welcome to the Faith Lift Radio Podcast, where doubt is destroyed and your faith is lifted. Here's today's message from Dr. Glenn. All right, so let's go into part two of our series today, Fasting 101, Session 2. Okay, you can go to our website, there's a, a glennorecchion.org, and you will see a page dedicated to fasting. All right, a page that is just dedicated to fasting. So go there and you'll be blessed. So this is the book I'm talking about. This is a thick book. It will be a blessing to you. All right, this is a very exhaustive work on the subject of prayer. All right, it will be a tremendous blessing to you. Praise be to Jesus. Okie dokes. Let's pray as we go into the Word. Father, we want to thank you for the Word of God. Spirit of God, I'm asking today that you will think through my mind and speak through my lips. Thank you for these, your wonderful people. They've got ears to hear, mind to understand, the heart to receive the Word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. We have, we have found out that fasting is biblical and fasting is as old as Genesis. All right. God put Adam on a partial fast. Out of every tree you can eat except of this tree. So God put him on a partial fast. All right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk to you today about the different types and genre of fasting. So let's have a simple understanding of fasting first. All right. Fasting is abstaining from all or some kinds of food or drink, especially as that's what the world describes it. All right. Fasting is to abstain from all or some kinds of food or drink, especially as a religious observance. I want you please to write this down. Fasting is defined by the dictionary as abstaining from all or from certain kinds of food or drink, especially as a religious observance. Now, Bible dictionaries and lexicons define fasting as abstaining as a religious exercise from food and drink, either entirely if it is a short fast or the fast lasted but uh, but a single day or from a customary and choice nourishment if it is continuing for several days. Let me say it again. Bible dictionaries and lexicons define fasting as abstaining as a religious exercise from food and drink, either entirely if it is a short fast or the fast lasted but a single day or from customary and choice nourishment if the fast is going to go on for several days. The word fasting in Greek is the word nesteia, nesteia, N-E-S-T-E-I-A. And it literally means no food, nesteia, no food food, okay, or no customary rich and luxurious food if prolonged. Now, look at Daniel chapter 1 and verse 12. Daniel chapter 1 and verse 12. This is the first time we hear of a, we have a record of Daniel fasting, and it was a partial fast. He says, prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days. And let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Now circle the word pulse. The word pulse is the is the word zeroa from the root word zeroim. Z e r o i m. Z e r o i m. And the word zeroa or the, or the word zeroim means something that is sown. From the ground, meaning vegetables, roots, fruits, and plants. All right. So when Daniel asked, "I only want to eat uh, pulse," Hebrew word zeroa or zeroim, it means something that is grown, that is from the ground, sown, that is from the ground, that be vegetables, roots, fruits, and plants. You hear me now? So he was saying, "I want just the." 
I just want the vegetables, all right, and water. So the first step of Daniel fast that we see was when he abstained from the meat of the king, which was given to idols. Are you listening to me now? And uh, from the rich food of uh, of the Babylonian to just limiting himself to Zeroah or Zeroim, which is uh, things that are sown in the ground, from the ground, vegetables, roots, fruits, and plants. Okay, now, so write this down. Number one today, write this down. Fasting is to abstain from food or from certain types of food for a period of time in order to seek the face of God. Let me say it again. When we are fasting, fasting has to do with food on some kind of level, with the restriction of food on some kind of level. So what do we mean? Write this down. Fasting is to abstain from food or from certain types of food for a period of time in order to seek the face of God. Now, you'll find this defined as such in the Bible. Look in your Bible, please, in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. And then we're going to look at Luke. Now, Matthew is going to give you um, a perspective of fasting, all right, from a layman point of view. And then Luke, the beloved physician, is going to define to you fasting from a medical standpoint. So, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Now look at verse 2. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward was hungry. So look at this now. Matthew, who was a tax collector, tells you that Jesus was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was hungry after that. Now let's go to Luke chapter 4, same event, same scenario, same situation, and now you're going to get a medical doctor's perspective. Luke chapter 4, please, and look at verse 1 and 2. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. So what Matthew called fasting, Dr. Luke says not eating. He did not eat anything. For 40 days, and after that, he was hungry. Are you listening? Can you say amen? I need you to understand that. So fasting has to do with some kind of food restriction on some order or some level. Are you listening now? So it's either partially, it's either totally, uh, it's either a certain specific type of food that you abstain from, but it has to do with food restriction on some kind of level. Are you listening? So therefore, fasting is putting away the pleasures of life, that be food, to please yourself, to seek God. Fasting is removing yourself from the pleasures of life, meaning food, to find pleasure in the seeking of God's face. Are you listening? Are you listening? Let me say it again. Fasting is removing yourself from the pleasures of life in order to find pleasure in the presence of God. I'm, I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you... Uh, some definition right now of fasting. 
All right, I'm going to give you from this book, from my book, glory to God. I want you to write them down. Thank you, Jesus. This book is a very exhaustive work on the subject of fasting. All right. So I want you to, I want to give you some definition of fasting. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Number one, <clears throat> write this down, please. So I've, I've already said to you that fasting is to abstain from food or certain type of food for a period of time to seek the face of God. So write this down, please. Fasting is humbling yourself before God and turning towards him. Now write this down, please. Fasting is engaging God for spiritual, mental, physical, financial, ministerial, familial, and personal breakthroughs. Let's say that again. Fasting is when you deliberately engage God for spiritual, mental, physical, financial, ministerial, familial, uh, municipal, which is city, and personal breakthroughs. You want me to say it again? Let me say it again. When you're fasting, you are deliberately engaging God. When was the last time you deliberately engaged God for spiritual breakthroughs, mental breakthroughs, physical breakthroughs, financial breakthroughs, ministerial breakthroughs, familial breakthroughs, municipal breakthroughs, and personal breakthroughs. You hear me now? Next, write this down, please. Fasting is entreating God. It is when you entreat God for divine intervention. When you're fasting, what are you asking God for? You're asking God to intervene in your situation, to intervene in your circumstance, to intervene in your life or the life of your children. So fasting is entreating God for divine intervention. Now, next, write this down. Fasting is you connecting with God to force the impossible to become possible. Now, look at what I didn't say. I didn't say that fasting is forcing God. No, 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 no. I said fasting is connecting with God. It is you connecting with God in order to force an impossible situation to bow to the power of God and to become possible. It looked impossible when the decree of death was sent that all the Jews would be killed in 120 provinces. All right? From India all the way to Ethiopia. It looked impossible to reverse it. But Esther connected with God in a fast and forced the impossible to become possible. You hear me now? Now, <clears throat> won't you write this down, please? When you're fasting, what are you doing? Fasting is the slowing of your flesh in order to fast forward your spirit man and to fast forward your destiny. I want you to write this down. Fasting is the slowing of your flesh in order to fast forward your spirit and your destiny. Next, write this down, please. This is my favorite. Uh, I'm going to give you two more and then go to where I want to go today. Fasting, ladies and gentlemen, is inducing labor in order to give birth to your destiny. It breaks delay and the spirit of opposition. It is the inducing of labor. Sometimes you're praying and you're praying and you don't see nothing happening. 
Well, you need to induce it. Well, the way you induce it, just like when a woman is pregnant and is taking time to bring to birth. So the doctor will induce. And when the doctor induce, it precipitates the delivery process. When you inject fasting with your prayer, you are inducing, glory be to God, labor in order to give birth to your destiny. It breaks delay and the spirit of opposition. Can you say amen? Can you say thank you, Lord Jesus? Praise God. Now, let me give you another one. Thank you, Lord. Fasting. When you fast, it is your spirit man making your body as an altar to connect with God for spiritual and physical transactions. Hear that now? Fasting is when you, as a spirit being, as a person, you make your body an altar to connect with God for spiritual and physical breakthroughs. Okay, now, now that I've given you that, and this is from this book, ladies and gentlemen, this is why I said to you, you got to get this book. It will be a tremendous blessing to you. All right. We have found out that fasting is to abstain from food on certain level for a period of time to seek the face of God. Now, write this down, please. Fasting, today, number two, is going before God to avert judgment over a situation and people. Fasting is to go before God to avert judgment over a situation and people. Let's look at the book of Exodus chapter 32. Exodus chapter 32 verse 7 till verse 9. And the Lord said unto Moses, now Moses was with God in the mountain seeking God. He was in the fast and God said to Moses, go get thee down for your people. God didn't even say my people, but your people, which you brought out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made a modern calf and they have worshipped it. I've told you before, if there is anything that gets God angry, it is idolatry. And they have sacrificed thereunto, and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people. Behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now, look at verse 10. Now, leave me alone, that my wrath may wax hot against them. And that I may consume them, and I will make of you a great nation. What's God saying here? Let me just consume and destroy all of them, and I will start afresh with you. Now, if that was you, if that was me, we would say, God, get them. God, kill them. Bunch of knuckleheads, God. Knock them dead. <laughs> Go ahead, God. Kill them. But that's not what Moses did. As a matter of fact, did you know that the two greatest intercessors in the Bible... According to God, according to God, who are the two greatest intercessors? Go to Jeremiah, please. Jeremiah chapter 15. Jeremiah chapter 15. Thank you, Lord. Jeremiah chapter 15. Look what God says about Moses. Jeremiah, the 15th chapter. Look in your biblicals. Jeremiah chapter. Thank you, Lord. Jeremiah chapter 15. And look at verse 1. Look at verse 1. Then said the Lord through unto me, Though Moses and Samuel stood before me. The two greatest intercessors in the Old Testament, as far as God was concerned, was Moses and 
were Moses and Samuel. So now you would have said, kill him, God. But the Bible says, look at Exodus chapter four, chapter 34 and verse 28. All right. He was saying, God, you can't do this. You cannot do this. In fact, before we read that, um, Exodus chapter 32, look at Exodus chapter 32 and verse 11, verse 11. And Moses besought the Lord, his God, and said, Lord, why does your wrath wax hot against your people, which you have brought out of, your, of the land of Egypt with your great power and with your mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak and say, for mischief did he bring them out to slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath, O God, and repent of this evil against thy people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, that to whom thou swearest by your own self, and said to them, I will multiply your seed. Are you listening? He stayed there and interceded. Moses was a master intercessor. And so he added fasting and prayer to avert judgment that was coming over Israel. Okay, now look at this now. So let's go to Exodus chapter 34 and verse 22, 28. So he was there with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water because he knew that imminent judgment was coming over Israel. So to turn that judgment, Moses fasted. So let me tell you this right now. Moses was a master intercessor. He added fasting and prayer to avert the judgment that was due upon Israel. Are you listening? And we could learn, the church, the modern church, they can learn a master class of fasting and intercession from the great Moses. So you can see that judgment is to avert, I mean, fasting is to avert judgment. All right, now, let me show you another, another example. Let's go to Jonah chapter 3. Let's go to Jonah chapter 3. Now, now you'll understand why Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. He wanted judgment to come upon Nineveh. All right, let's go to the book of Jonah, please. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Look in your Bible, the book of Jonah. All right, thank you, Jesus. Jonah, look in your Bible. Thank you, Lord. Jonah is in your Bible in the Old Testament. All right, it's a very small book. Everybody knows that Jonah was swallowed up by the whale. <laughs> but why Why did that happen, please? Why, why, why was he running away from God? Because he wanted judgment to come over the Ninevite. All right, he wanted judgment to come to the Ninevite. Now, the Bible says in Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 first, before we read chapter 3. Now, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, and their wickedness is come up before me. Look at verse 3. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish. So God says, go to Nineveh. He doesn't go, he don't want to go to Nineveh, so he goes to Tarshish. He goes to the opposite side. Why? Because he wanted judgment to come upon the Ninevite. Because he knew that in the future, the Ninevites will destroy Israel. So he wanted them dead. Are you listening? So he was on the run from God, on the run from his call, because he wanted them dead. All right? But now look in your Bible, please. Jonah chapter 3, verse 4. And Jonah, finally after he was spat out by the fish, Jonah chapter 3, verse 4, And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Here's the judgment. Pronounce. Look at verse 5 now. So the people of Nineveh believed God. They believed that word and said, man, we're in trouble. And they did what? They proclaimed a fast. That's what Jonah didn't want. 
they proclaimed the fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, even to the least of them. For the word, for word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth and in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man, no beast, herd, no flock, taste anything. Let them not feed. I mean, he had everything. He heard the judgment pronounced 40 days, and Nineveh will be no more. He said, man, we're in trouble. He didn't just have all the people and the babies and everybody else, male and female, to fast. Dogs, cat, all right, all the pets. He put them on a fast. That means your dog, Bingo, and Rover didn't get to eat nothing. All right? So he says, verse 8, But let a man and a beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn away everyone from his evil way, from the violence that is in their hands. And who can tell if God would turn and repent, change his mind, and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw the works. God saw the works that they turned from the evil way. And God repented or changed of the evil that he had said he would do unto them, and he did, and he did it not. So the judgment was averted because everybody fasted. Okay, judgment was averted because everybody fasted. Now you can see why Jonah was angry after that. He said, Lord, I, I knew this God. I knew if I came and pronounced this, they would repent. <laughs> I wanted them dead, Lord. So it is clear that fasting procured national redemption because it is a sign of our humility and repentance before the Lord. Number three for today, write this down, please. Fasting brings us to the realms of revelations. Fasting will bring you to great realms, to deep realms of revelation. Exodus chapter 34, verse 28. I want you please to look in your Bible. All right. Talking about Moses being on a fast. And so he was there with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. Now don't get the idea that you can go ahead and do that. If you haven't fasted for one day, you will not last 40 days. And he neither ate bread nor drank water. He was in the glory of God. And he wrote on tablets the words of the covenant and the Ten Commandments. All right. Moses also wrote the Torah. He wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The Torah, the first five books of the Bible. How did he know about the beginnings? How did he know about all this thing? God gave him depth of revelation because he was a man accustomed to uh, great times of fasting. When you watch people who have who are serious, you know I, I find it amusing. To tell people to tell when people tell me, "Well, I need more of God. I don't feel God. I don't sense God." Well, fast, fast, fast. Pray and get your word. Fast and pray and get your word. Because when you're fasting, you're deliberately moving yourself away from the things and the pleasure of this world to seek. To find pleasure in God. To find pleasure in God. So Moses wrote the Torah. Great revelation was given to him about the creation and the fall of man. He's the one who unveiled all this to us. How did he know about all this? Because God told him about it. When did God tell him about it? During his times of fasting and prayers. You will get to know the depth of God secrets of God when you are accustomed to fasting and prayer. Now, we know another man who also had great revelations, and he was given to a lot of fasting, was the Apostle Paul. These two men, Moses and the great Apostle Paul, walked in a level of revelations that very few men are walking today. Now, look in your Bible, please. 
Paul began his Christian walk, the day that he got saved, he began his Christian walk with fasting. Look in your Bible, please. Acts chapter 9. We're going to read from verse 8 till verse uh, 11. And Saul arose from the earth. That's his Damascus experience. And when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. He was blinded by the light, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, neither did eat nor drink. So he was there on a three-day total fast. So he began his Christian walk with a three-day total fast. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, he said, Behold, I'm here, Lord, I'm here, Lord. And he said to him, thank you, Jesus. He said to him, look in your Bible, please. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. <clears throat> Arise and go into the street, which is called straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. For behold, he prayeth. So this man was began his Christian walk with fasting and prayer, with fasting and prayer. Now, Paul was given, was a man given to much fasting. Look in your Bible, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 17. Look what Paul says here. In weariness, in painfulness, in watchings often. Now, by the word watchings, write the word three hour segments of prayer. Okay? In watchings often. In hunger, in thirst, in fastings. Look at the word fastings. It's plural. F-A-S-T-I-N-G-S. In fastings, often, in cold and nakedness. Now, look at the word fasting often. So I want you please to write the word fastings. F-A-S-T-I-N-G-S. Right? Often. Now, write the word often. The word often comes from the Greek word polakis, P-O-L-L-A-K-I-S, polakis. What does the word polakis mean? It means frequent and many. In other words, I'm fasting frequently and many days, many times, many days, frequently. Do you have that in your life? If your Christianity is dry, if it is dry, if your ministry is dry, your church is dry, your, your, your Christian life is dry, you don't have the presence of God. I'm not talking about the universal presence of God. I'm talking about the personal manifested presence of God. If you don't have that in your life, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to seek the Lord. And one of the avenues that we seek the Lord to become carriers of his presence is through the avenue of fasting. So, polakis. What is polakis? Frequent and many. Now, what's the difference between hunger and fasting? Hunger and famine is not eating because it is beyond your control. But fasting is not eating when you're still in control. Are you listening? So, that was number... That was number three, right? That was number three. Fasting will bring you to great realms of revelation. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. <clears throat> Moses wrote the Torah. Are you listening? And both men were accustomed to frequently fasting for long stretch of time. Again, before you start to dive into fasting, you have to train yourself to fasting. Okay? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Number four, write this down, please. Fasting will secure continual guidance and direction from above. Fasting will secure continual 
guidance and direction from above. Now you'll find this in the book of Isaiah 58. The book of Isaiah 58 is a book given, is a chapter given solely to the subject of fasting. Isaiah 58. Look in your biblicals in your Bible. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 58. Now, look at verse uh, <clears throat> 5. Is this such a fast that I have chosen? All right. Verse 6. Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? You need to underline it in your Bible. This is the goal of fasting. The goal of fasting, all right, is to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. Now, so he's talking about fasting. Now look at verse 11. Because you're fasting now from the Lord, he says, And the Lord, verse 11, shall guide thee continually. One of the benefits of fasting is that you secure the continual guidance of God. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy your soul in drought and make fat your bones. And you shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Fasting opens you up to guidance. Say that with me, please. Fasting will open me up to guidance. So we see that in the book of Isaiah 58. You shall have, you shall be guided continually. Praise God. Now, look at Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, please. Verse 1. Now, you know, in Acts chapter 9, Paul has a Damascus experience. God speaks to him that he will be Going to the Gentiles, he, re he reviews that and tells you about this in Acts 28. All right, but let's look at Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Look in your Bible, please. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Manian, which had been brought up with Herod Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered unto the Lord, and did what? Fasted. The Holy Ghost said, Aha! When did the Holy Spirit speak? Before they fasted, or after they fasted? After they fasted. Separate unto me Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. This is now going to be Paul's first missionary journey. And when he had fasted, and prayed, and laid hands and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed into Seleucia, and from thence they unto Cyprus. They knew where to go, what to do, because they received guidance, direction from the Holy Spirit, and that came, that vista was opened to them after they fasted. Many times we are blinded. We don't know where to go, what to do. is because we don't have guidance. And the many times the reason why we don't have guidance is because we're not fasting and praying. You're not deliberately taking yourself aside to pray and to fast, to fast and to pray, to seek God. I need direction. So you try to do it by yourself. You go here, you go there, and you bump into things. No, 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 no. Take the time to receive guidance from the Holy Spirit. Now, look at Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. We're going to read verse 1, please. Quickly. Thank you, Jesus. Now, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian man, a devout man and one that feared God, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Cornelius was a devout man, religious man. He feared God, gave much money to God, prayed always, but he was not saved. What? Yeah. 
He loved God, but he was not saved. He gave money to church, but he was not saved. He prayed a lot, but he was not saved. So you've got a lot of people today who are devout, who are religious, who give a lot, who pray a lot, but they're not saved. Now, he goes on a fast, and look what happened. And we know he, go, he, he went on a fast because... If you go down to um, verse, let's go down to verse uh, uh, 30. And Cornelius said to Peter, how did he know? How was Peter going to come to him? Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. And behold, a man or an angel stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer and your arms are in remembrance in the Son of God. Now send therefore to Joppa, and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter, that is lodged in the house of one Simon a tanner by the seaside, who when he cometh shall speak unto thee. Right? So how did he get direction to go find Peter? He was praying and fasting. If you go, if you back up again to uh Verse 5, now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. Can you see the specific instructions that comes when you are fasting and praying? He lodges with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell you what you ought to do. Wow. The specific instructions were given to him because he was a man who fasted. Once you write this down, when you fast, ladies and gentlemen, and you seek God with your whole heart, God will give you instructions to get you out of your darkness. Cornelius was not saved. Are you listening? But God gave him instructions. You need to go find Peter, he is living in the house of Simon, right? And Simon is living by the seaside. Now go get him. So he did. And that's how he received salvation. Fasting secures specific and continual guidance. Can you say that with me, please? Fasting will secure specific and continual guidance. We see it in uh, uh, the Apostle Paul's life. We see it in Cornelius. We see it everywhere in the Bible. All right, so quickly, for today, what should be the intensity of your fasting? Like I told you, do not try to fast for 40 days if you haven't fasted for 40 minutes. So what should be the intensity of your fasting? Write this down. The cardinal rule of fasting. You need to understand this. The same law that governs giving, governs fasting. The same law, the same principle that governs giving, governs fasting. What's the law that governs giving? Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7. Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give. It's what you purpose in your heart. Do not try to compete with other people. Do what is the purpose of your heart. According to your ability. You give according to your ability. You pray according to your ability and capacity. You fast according to your ability and to your capacity. Do not try to compete with others. Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. See, you fast according to what you have purposed in your heart. Now, by intensity of, of fasting, I mean the length and the type of fast engaged by a person. And this Bible is an amazing book. The Bible is a great book. It gives you a litany of uh, and a list of different types of people different types of fasting. Are you listening? 
So when it comes to fasting, you've got to know yourself and your capacity. All right? If you've never fasted before, it would be foolish for you to say, I'm going to go fasting for 40 days with no food. No, 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 no. If you've got a medical situation, don't try that. When it comes to fasting, you've got to know yourself and you've got to know your capacity. Now, remember this. There are two levels of fasting, personal and corporate. Corporate can be with you and your husband, you and your family, you and your church, or a group of people together. The Ninevites fasted as a nation. Judah in Second Chronicles with Jehoshaphat fasted as a nation. Are you listening? So you can fast on a personal level, and you should fast on a personal level, and you should also fast on a corporate level. All right? On a corporate level. So, <clears throat> what are the different levels of fasting? Okay? We can see that Daniel, King David, fasted on a personal level. Ahab fasted on a personal level. King Darius fasted on a personal level. Daniel fasted on a personal level. Anna fasted on a personal level. Jesus fasted on a personal level. Paul fasted on a personal level. Cornelius fasted on a personal level and a corporate level. All right? Now, we also see that uh, there's corporate examples of corp there are examples of corporate uh, fasting. Daniel and his three friends, Mordecai, Esther, and Israel fasted corporately. King Jehoshaphat and Judah, Ezra and the exiles of Judah. All right? The church in Antioch fasted corporately. All right, Paul and Barnabas fasted to ordain and establish elders. Okay, now, so, so now you can see there are personal level and there is a corporate level. So now let's look at the types of fasting. Quickly, please. Thank you, Jesus. Write this down. I want you to write this down, please. You have what is known as a normal or regular fast. Normal or regular fast. A normal fast is a regular fast where you abstain from food, but you take a lot of liquid, a lot of water. Drink a lot of water when you are fasting. All right? That's a normal or regular fast. People who have no medical situations that are not on medicine can partake of normal fast. All right? <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. If you look at Matthew chapter 4 and verse 2, it says, Jesus, after 40 days of fasting, he was hungry but not thirsty. Why? Because he was on a normal fast. He just abstained from food but drank a lot of water. It is imperative that you keep flushing your system with water to eradicate all the toxins out of your life when you are fasting. Okay? Drink a lot of water. Drink a lot of water. Now, the second type of fast is a partial fast, also known as a Daniel fast. This type of fast is generally when you omit a specific meal or uh, from your diet, okay, specific food from your diet, and refrain from certain types of food. This is very good and suitable for those who are new to fasting, those who have got health issues, and to the elderly. All right? <clears throat> If you don't use wisdom when it comes to fasting, you will hurt yourself. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay? So partial fast. Then you've got absolute fast. That is known as a full fast or the dry fast. And these fasts are complete with no food and no drink, but you can only do that for three days. I don't recommend you do that right now. Start with a partial fast and start with a normal fast. Okay? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, the absolute fast can be done for one day, two days, or three days. Moses did it because he was in the glory of God in the mountain of God. Okay, then you've got number four, special dedicated fast. Special dedicated fast or known as a fasted lifestyle. We see this in the life of Samson and John the Baptist. Samson, from his birth, he was told he cannot drink any wine. All right, he, his diet was restricted. Now you understand why John the Baptist ate wild locusts and 
honey. That was his fast. Okay, that's the type of food he was only allowed to eat. Are you listening? Can you say amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> so, you can fast. Look at the intensity now. Fast one day, normal fast. Fast one night, normal fast. Fast three day, absolute fast. Fast four days, normal fast. It's only in the Bible. Don't have time because my time is coming to an end. Seven days, normal fast. Ten days, partial fast. All right. Then you've got 14 days, normal fast. 21 days, partial fast. Then you've got 40 days, absolute fast. Then you've got four months, normal and partial fast. Nehemiah did that. All right. All right. Then you've got Daniel who did a three-year partial fast. See, some of you just know about Daniel's 21-day fast. But he started with a 10-day partial fast. And then he extended it for three years. He did not eat any meat for three years. Not just 10 days, but for three years because it was given to idols. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, choose your capacity. Choose your capacity. All right. Like right now, I'm a no, I am on a normal fast. All right. I'm not eating any food until a time. And when I'm when I break my fast, I eat food normally and drink. I drink a lot of water. Drink a lot of water. Okay? Drink a lot of water to flush out my system. Praise God. Okie dokie. That's enough for today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Faith Lift Radio Podcast. For more information about Dr. Glenn and how to offer your financial support, log on to glenarecchia.org. 